Well, hello, everybody. My name is Alan Elman. I'm president of the Blue Collar Investor Corp. Uh, welcome. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy in this very challenging times. And we're going to escape over the next hour plus and talk about a topic that's very near and dear to me, covered call writing, a strategy that I've been implementing in my family's portfolio now for more than two decades. All of the information you're going to hear this evening is based on real life trading, not on computer models. So all the rules and guidelines that I'm gonna show you are based on trades that I've made over the years. And I'm gonna get you from point A to point B, what took me years for most retail investors will take three to four months if you know little or nothing about this strategy. Now, one of the things that attracted me to covered call writing was the amazing amount of flexibility it has. The strategy can be crafted to all different types of market environments, bullish down to bearish. Also, it can be crafted to various uh, trading styles and trading goals. And you're going to see that in action this evening because not only am I going to discuss the strategy in general, but I'm going to show you four practical applications how to apply covered call, very different applications. And there are way more than the four that you're gonna see here tonight. Now, before I get started, uh, the program director, Cookie, from the Eastern Michigan AAI chapter, who, by the way, worked incredibly hard to get this off the ground. So I wanna thank Cookie, not only for the invitation, but for all the hard work that she put in to make this presentation happen. And she was good enough to send a series of bullets that she wanted me to, uh, to show you uh, prior to starting my presentation. So Cookie evidently was overwhelmed with the turnout. And of course, that made my day when I heard that. So uh, we're going to be talking about covered calls, as I said. And this is a presentation that I wrote just recently and presented uh, on behalf of the Options Industry Council two weeks ago, and the feedback was amazing, so I decided to present it again tonight for the Eastern Michigan AAI chapter. I hope you enjoy it. Now, uh, Cookie wants to thank me for my generosity, but I'm gonna send that right back to you and thank you for inviting me to speak to your club. Uh, I'm always humbled when I receive a speaking invitation. I know there are a lot of speakers out there, so I want to thank you for this opportunity. Now, Cookie wishes she knew if it was the word free or the topic or the speaker that prompted so many to sign up. Now, I actually checked this with my mother, and uh, she assured me that it was the speaker. So, Cookie, we can put that one to rest right now. Uh, Cookie invites you to attend uh, other presentations. Uh, for your chapter, and I'm sure they're all going to be great ones. I could just tell the type of time and effort that Cookie puts into setting these things up for your community. So uh, that said, uh, let's start off with the standard disclaimer. Let me tell you why we put this in here. Uh, you're going to see a lot of real-life trades that I executed from my own portfolios, and at the time that I executed these trades, they were appropriate. Uh, for covered call writing at the time, and they may or may not be now. So I want you to take this information 
uh, as for educational purposes and not specifically as for recommendations. <clears throat> also, you may notice that there is a chat box on your screen. I believe it's on the bottom of your screen. Uh, Barry Bergman, the BCI Managing Director, is available to respond to your written questions live as I do this presentation. So feel free to enter any questions that you have. If there's a choice to send it out to the entire room, do so, and Barry will respond the answer to the entire room so everyone can benefit from the Q&A as I'm doing the presentation. Now, if we don't have a chance to answer all of your questions while I'm speaking, uh, afterwards, you can send an email to Barry at barry at thebluecollarinvestor.com. He was good enough to set aside some time over the next day or two to respond to any questions you may think of. And if you need to reach me, uh, alan at thebluecollarinvestor.com. Now, uh, just a word to those of you who are relatively new to options and option selling, and covered call writing in particular. I'm gonna be presenting a lot of information tonight. I always do. There's gonna be no fluff whatsoever in my presentation. Uh, and I know that to those of you who are just starting out, it can be very intimidating and almost overwhelming. And the reason I know this is because it was to me when I first started teaching myself this strategy back in the 1990s. So for those of you relatively new to the strategy, I just want you to sit back and relax and get a feel, an overview kind of, of what this strategy is all about. And if at the end of my presentation, you feel that this is a strategy that may be right for you and your family, I can give you some guidance as to how to take it up to the next level and ultimately to master the strategy and to end up where I am today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start out with the very basics because I know there's a lot of members in our audience who are just starting out, and there are some of you that are very sophisticated in options, and uh, there's gonna be something in there for you as well. So I like to do my presentation such that there's somebody uh, who no matter what level you're at, you'll be able to benefit from my presentation. So we'll start off with the basics of options, we'll give you some definitions and such. Then we're gonna move on to covered call writing in particular, and give you a general overview of that. And then we're gonna get into four different practical applications of covered call writing, including traditional covered call writing, which is the one that I use and have been using now for more than 20 years. At the end, I'll summarize it. Uh, Barry will continue on with Q&A behind the scenes. And I also wanna shout out to Darius, uh, a member of the BCI team, who's managing all of this presentation behind the scenes from a technology standpoint. He's our tech wizard, and he comes to you all the way from Australia. So uh, that said, let's start off with some basic definitions related to options. There aren't a lot, but there is some that you need to know to be able to talk the talk. Okay, what is an option? Well, it's a made up thing. It's a contract. And it's a contract that gives the buyer of that option the right, but not the obligation, to buy or sell 100 shares of stock, or it could be an exchange-traded fund, we'll talk about that later, at a fixed price, which is known as the strike price, by a specified date, which is known as the expiration date. Now, 
monthly options, which is my sweet spot, that's what I use, expire on the third Friday of the month, 4 p.m. Eastern time. So an option is a right to execute a future stock transaction. Okay, now a call option, which is what we're gonna be dealing with tonight, gives the holder of that contract the right but not the obligation to buy 100 shares of stock at the strike price by the expiration date. Now call options can be used in conjunction with put options in a multi-tiered option selling strategy I refer to in my books and DVDs as the PCP strategy, put, call, put. So for those of you, once you've mastered covered call writing, and then you've mastered the next strategy up, which is selling puts, you can combine those two into one strategy. But that's a presentation for another time. We're gonna to stick to call options and covered call writing. So when we sell a covered call, we are selling some unknown person the right, but not the obligation, to buy our shares from us at a price that we determine by a date that we determine. In return for undertaking this obligation, we are paid a cash premium that's generated into our account the second we hit the key on our keyboard. Now, a put option is the opposite of a call option. It gives the buyer of that option the right, but not the obligation, to sell 100 shares of stock at the strike price by the expiration date. We will not be talking about put options in tonight's presentation. Now this slide for beginners is gonna be a little bit confusing, but we need to use this as a foundation for what we're gonna talk about over the next hour or so. So we're gonna talk about four definitions that relate to the term is called the moneyness of the option. That's the relationship of the strike price, the price we're agreeing to sell our shares for to the current market value of the stock. We have four definitions. The first one is the easiest, at the money. Now an example would be we buy a stock at $30 and agree to sell it for $30. So that $30 strike price is called at the money. Now closely related to that is near the money. For example, the stock is trading at $29.95 and we sell the $30 call option. Technically that $30 call option is higher than $29.95 or out of the money, but since it's so close, most option traders will call that near the money strike. The third definition of this series is out of the money. Now, folks, this is by far the most common strike price used by covered call riders. An example is the stock is trading at 28 and we sell the $30 call option. So we buy the stock at 28, and we agree to sell it to 30. I use one month options. So at any time over the next one month. Now the reason this is so popular is because it gives us the opportunity to generate two income streams in the same month with the same stock cash investment. One from the sale of the option and the second from share appreciation from current market value in this case 28 up to the 30 strike. Now, if the price of the stock moves higher than 30, we cannot participate in share appreciation benefit at that point in time because we're obligated to sell at 30. 
So more on that later. But what you could see here, the takeaway for the out of the money strike is that we have an opportunity to generate two income streams with the same trade. And that's why it's the most popular of all the strike prices. However, in certain market conditions, it makes more sense to use the fourth of these bullets, the in the money strike. And learning how to use the in the money strike is something that most covered call riders don't know how to do. But BCI members do because I focus on this so much in my books and DVD programs. An example is a stock is trading at 32 and we sell the 30 strike, agreeing to sell our shares at 30. Well, on the surface, that seems crazy. Why would we do that? We're losing $2 on the stock. And the answer is the premium that we generate when we sell that $30 call option is going to compensate us for the $2 we're going to lose on the sale of the stock plus a little bit more. And it's that little bit more that represents our actual time value profit. So when we sell an in-the-money strike, and we're going to break this down for you, uh, we have to deduct the amount we're going to lose on the stock that's called intrinsic value from the premium. Oh my goodness, we're getting into math now. How am I ever going to do that? Well, here's the good news. I have created a calculator. It's become known as the Elman calculator. I know many of you already have it. And it will do all the math for us. So when we sell any kind of strike, at the money, near the money, out of the money, in the money, you feed it into the calculator, and it will tell you what the time value profit is. In other words, if we sold an in-the-money strike like this, it will automatically deduct the intrinsic value component, that $2 you're going to lose on the sale of the stock, and give you your real time value profit. So you're going to see the element calculator in action as we move forward. So let's talk a little bit about intrinsic value, which I just mentioned, and time value. The total premium we generate when we click that key on our, coup, uh, on our keyboard to sell the option consists of intrinsic value plus time value. Now, the only type of option that has an intrinsic value component is the in-the-money strike. The example we just gave was buying a stock at 32 and selling the $30 call option. Only in the money strikes have intrinsic value. That intrinsic value is the amount that the strike is lower than current market value, $2 in this case. Now, if we received a premium of $3 when we sold that $30 strike, of that $3, $2 is intrinsic value. It's not profit because we're going to lose that on the sale of the stock. What does that leave us with? It leaves us with $1 of time value. Now, if we sold an at-the-money strike, buy a stock at 30 and agree to sell it for 30, or an out-of-the-money strike, buy a stock at 28 and agree to sell it for 30, there would be only time value components to those options. So once again, intrinsic value applies only to in-the-money strikes. You're going to see it over and over and over again tonight. So don't worry if you didn't grasp it the first time around. So let's talk now specifically about covered call writing. Now, obviously, there are three words in the term covered call writing. Let's break it down. Covered. Well, that means we're protected. We buy the stock before we sell the option. Therefore, 
We know our cost basis. If we didn't buy the stock first and just sold the option, that's called naked option trading. It's very risky, and most brokers won't allow retail investors like ourselves to use that strategy because it is so risky. We are covered or protected by buying the stock first. When we sell the option, we're obligated to provide the shares to produce them at the strike price if the option buyer decides to exercise that option. This way, we know our cost basis, what we paid for the stock, before we write the strike price for that particular option. So covered means buying the stock first. Call, that's the type of option we're selling. We are selling some unknown person. Let me just address that for a second. A lot of people think when they sell an option, they're selling it to some guy named John. The truth of the matter is when we sell an option that goes into a pool and the options clearing corporation matches buyers and sellers. If we buy back that option and close that option trade, which would be part of an exit strategy procedure, then that person who bought the option uh, would be matched up with somebody else. So we're not really selling it to a specific person. It goes into a pool and then uh, it's matched up with buyers and sellers. So we are selling some unknown person the right, but not the obligation, to buy our shares from us at a price that we determine, which is called the strike price, by a date that we determine, which is called the expiration date. And monthly options expire on the third Friday of the month, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Now the third word in the term covered call writing, uh, writing is initiating a sell to open trade. We are selling the option and we're opening up the option trade. On your brokerage execution form, it will say, well, the way it works is this. When you go into your brokerage platform, it'll say, what do you want to do? And you could put stock, check stock or options. So you check options. Then what do you want to do? I want to sell a covered call. It'll say either sell to open or STO. That's what you're going to see on your brokerage form. So writing means we're initiating the trade or opening up that trade, and it's a sell to open trade. Let's show a preview example, a hypothetical, before we get into some real life examples of covered call writing and how it works. Let's purchase 100 shares of stock, company XYZ. And the reason we say 100 is because for every one contract we sell, to be covered, we must first own 100 shares of that underlying security, be it a stock or an exchange-traded fund. So if we spend $48 a share, our investment or our cost basis is $4,800. Now, we are now in that covered position, so we're free to sell the option. We're going to sell someone the right but not the obligation to buy our shares in this hypothetical for $50 per share. If you recall, the $50 strike price in relationship to a $48 stock is out of the money, higher than current market value. Now we're undertaking a one month obligation to sell our shares for $50. For undertaking that obligation, we are paid a cash premium. Let's say $1.50 a share or $150 for the contract. That's how much money minus a small trading commission on the option side Brokers no longer charge for stock sales and stock purchases. Most, most brokers don't anyway. So it's going to cost us maybe a, 
50 cents, 75 cents commission. So commissions are a non-event. Let's not even bother with commissions. So we get $150 on a cost basis of $4,800. And that represents a 3.1% one month return. If we could do that every month, it would annualize out to 37%. Now remember, this is our initial structuring of the trade. Doesn't tell us what we're going to end up with at the end of the month. It could be more and it could be less. That's right. Now, at the end of the contract month, there are two major outcomes. The first one, let's assume for a moment, the price of the stock never supersedes the agreed upon $50 sales price. Well, will the person who owns the right to buy our shares for 50 decide to exercise that option and buy our shares for 50 if the stock is trading at market at 48 or 49 or 49.99 or any pr price under 50? The answer is no. So what happens? The option expires worthless. We keep the $150 no matter what. We still own the shares. And now we're free to sell another option for the next contract month the Monday after the third Friday of the month. The second possible major outcome in this scenario is the price of the stock does in fact move higher than the $50 agreed upon sales price. Let's say it pops to 52. Well, the option buyer is gonna exercise that option, buy our shares for 50 and sell them at market at 52 and make a nice profit. But we don't really care about the option buyer Let's now look at this trade through our eyes, the option sellers. We've generated 150 on the option sale, hours to keep no matter what. Now we've generated an additional $200 on the sale of the stock. Buy at 48, sell at 50 times 100. That's a total profit of 350 for the month or 7.3% one month return. Now, if we annualize that, it would come out to that ridiculous number you see at the bottom of the screen over there, where it says, whoa, 87%. So let me stop and state the obvious. You're not going to get this kind of return on every trade that you make every month of the year. However, you will see a few of these every month. And it's important to know how and when to use this type of strike price out-of-the-money strike price. Just as important as it is to know how and when to use the in-the-money strike price. We'll talk about that. Now, this is probably the most important slide you're going to see here tonight. And, and I'm going to emphasize this over and over again throughout the uh, webinar, so please don't hate me for that. But before you risk even one penny of your hard-earned money, you must master these required skills. I don't mean being pretty good at them, I mean mastering them. It won't take that long, probably three to four months for most retail investors. Stock or exchange traded fund selection. Which stocks am I going to use? Uh, it's important because a lot of retail investors make a mistake of picking stocks that give you the highest premiums. That's incorrect, it shouldn't be done. Most of the time, that is absolutely what you shouldn't do because the highest premiums imply the greatest risk. And covered call writing is a low risk strategy for conservative investors who have capital preservation in mind. And I'm guilty as charged on that one. 
So um, stock selection is very important. Now, once you have a watch list of eligible stocks for short-term option selling, then you have to know which option to select, which strike price, in the money, out of the money. What kind of return? What is your goal when you sell that option? You have to know what your goal is. Otherwise, how do you know which option to select? And I'm happy to share with you that what I look for when I sell an option in the money or out of the money for one month is a two to four percent time value return. So if I sold an in the money strike, you would deduct the intrinsic value and that would come out to two to four percent. Now, in strong bull markets, which we're not in right now, we just came out of one and we're right now we're in the twilight zone. But um, in strong bull markets, I'll go as high as 6% for a one month return, but I'll never go higher than that because to me, for my trading style and personal risk tolerance, it's too risky. And then once you've entered the trade, then you go right into position management mode, exit strategies, which is extremely, extremely important. We don't just buy the stock, sell the option, and then pray. That's not the way to do it. You buy the stock, you sell the option, and then you immediately go into position management mode. And there's actually a way of automating that uh, to some extent. And I teach that in my books and DVDs. So why should we sell covered call options? And I have um, created a screenshot for a couple of the reasons why I do it. But from your perspective, the reason you should sell covered call options is not that I told you to, or that some screaming guy on TV told you to, or some newsletter said you should. It should be because you've done your due diligence, you've educated yourself, and you've made an informed, non-emotional decision that this is the right strategy for you and your family. Here are some of the reasons why I use covered call writing. Now, the obvious one is, this is the strategy where I've made the most money, of all the strategies that I've tried over the last couple of decades since I taught myself how to invest with stocks and options. But it's also a strategy that I alluded to earlier that can be crafted for all different types of market environments. You know, a lot of material that you read will say, covered call writing is great only for flat markets. That is totally wrong. You can adjust the strategy so that it will benefit us in bear markets, in bull markets, in uh, sideways markets by select which stocks you select, which options you select, and how you manage your trades. So once you master those three required skills, you can craft the strategy to what's going on right now. Now I'm just gonna go through the ones that are highlighted here, the rest you could read off the screen. Uh, since we're in two positions, we're long or own the stock, and we're short, we sold the option. We could manage those positions, and we could manage them to achieve the highest possible levels. So using appropriate position management, we can mitigate losses and we can enhance gains. We're not going to be average covered call writers. We're going to be elite covered call writers, and therefore mastering the three required skills is essential. Now, it's not highlighted there, but I just should think I should mention that as a covered call writer, we own the shares and we sold the option. We collect corporate dividends, not the option buyer. All right, so as long as we own those shares, we collect those dividends. Now that's not a reason to do covered call writing in my view, that's icing on the cake. 
because we're going to make so much more money by selling options. But just so you know, the option buyer does not collect the dividend. And finally, our government and every brokerage that I know of considers this strategy low risk enough and intuitive enough for retail investors to allow us to use it in self-directed IRA accounts. Now, every strategy has its disadvantages and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I know you're gonna see these infomercials about these no-risk strategies where you're gonna make a gazillion dollars in two weeks, all you have to do is write some guy a check. Well, that's not true. The greater the opportunity to make money, the greater the risk. So I like to use a baseball analogy as it relates to covered call writing. We're never gonna hit a grand slam home run with this strategy, but we're gonna hit singles and doubles all day long. And if that's something that may be of interest to you, then this may be the strategy right for you and your family. But there are disadvantages. The first two in particular, and the one with the three asterisks especially. Let's start off with the top one. And this one I think you probably already figured out. That if the price of the stock declines below the break-even point, there's a loss. So if we go back to our preview example, where we bought a stock at 48 and sold the $50 call option for $1.50, our break-even is lowered to 46.50. If the price drops below 46.50, we start losing money. However, your next door neighbor, who just bought the stock at 48 and didn't sell the option, his break-even is 48. And that, ladies and gentlemen, Lowering your cost basis is the reason why we should beat the market consistently every single year, because we're lowering our cost basis. Okay, but be because the stock price can drop below the break-even, we have to have our exit strategies or position management skill set in place before we enter the trade. Now, the second bullet is the main disadvantage to covered call writing, and that is our profit potential is limited by the strike price. So in that preview example where we bought the stock at 48 and sold the 50 call, uh, let's say some unexpected good news comes out. Uh, the company figured out a, um, a cure for coronavirus. Wow, price of the stock goes from 48 to 60 in a day. Now, we'd like to get our hands on those extra 10 points, but we can't because we have an obligation to sell at 50. So that's the disadvantage. Now, that said, and I'm just gonna throw this out there, I've actually developed an exit strategy where we can make more than a maximum return in situations like that. Uh, but again, exit strategies is not is beyond the scope of this presentation in the limited time that I have. Uh, perhaps another time I can do one on position management. But that is the main disadvantage Two covered call writing is the limited profit potential to the upside. But look, in the preview example I showed you and many examples you're gonna be seeing tonight, we're talking about a huge one month return. You know, so as I say here, don't get greedy. Um, if you make a 7% return in a month, uh, but you could have made a 10% return if you didn't sell the option, that's not a reason to cry. That's a reason to break out the champagne in my opinion. All right, two more less important disadvantages. One is early assignment is possible because the option buyer can exercise that option at any time 
uh, they have control of our shares uh, till the end of the contract unless we close the option position, which we can do with an exit strategy. But let's say we don't. Now, early assignment is extremely, extremely rare, and I'm going to discuss that with you later on. Um, if you want to avoid assignment, you can. There are ways of doing that. We're going to discuss that later on also when we talk about portfolio overwriting. But the main disadvantage of early assignment is if we have shares that we've owned for a long time at a very low cost basis, and we don't want to sell them because we may have to pay capital gains tax on them. So that would be the main disadvantage of early assignment. But I can't tell you how rare that is. I mean, maybe it's happened to me five times in 23, 24 years of using this strategy. And as all strategies, there's a learning curve and a time commitment. As I said, for most retail investors, we're looking at about three to four months uh, to study, to educate, to practice, and then to have years and decades to benefit. We're going to talk about four different practical applications of covered call writing. And as I said, there are more. Um, and you're going to see how versatile this strategy actually is. We're going to start with traditional covered call writing, which is the strategy that I use. Then we're gonna discuss portfolio overwriting. And this probably will apply to many of you out there uh, who have long-term buy and hold portfolios, perhaps stocks that you have at a low cost basis, and uh, they're generating dividends. But they may be in a non-sheltered account, and if you sold them, you'd have to pay capital gains. So we're gonna to talk to you about a way of increasing your portfolio returns with covered call writing with a twist. Okay, the third application, and this is a result of uh, emails I received from some, some of our members who sent me emails saying, gee, I'd love to own these large cap tech companies, but they're so darn expensive. You know, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, uh, Microsoft, they're so expensive. How, how can I develop a portfolio with a large cap tech presence uh, when these stocks are so expensive and they're not splitting prices anymore? Well, that motivated me to figure that out. So what I did was, I, I'm gonna use a portfolio in this example of 220,000 of blue chip Dow 30 companies writing covered calls, and I'm gonna show you how, without taking any additional money out of your savings account, you can develop a portfolio of large cap tech companies. And the fourth application is the opposite. A smaller uh, portfolio, we're gonna use the example of 35,000, and how to diversify your covered call writing portfolio when the capital you have is more limited than if you had a larger amount of cash available. So we're gonna kick things off with traditional covered call writing, which is what I use. Well, we talked about mastering the three required skills. So just to review, stock selection. How the heck do we know which stocks to use? Well, here's how I do it. And the details, I'm 100% transparent. The details are in my books and DVDs, uh, how we go through it. But I'm just going to give you an overview as to how I go about doing this. Step one is fundamental analysis, earnings and sales growth. Well, why is that so important? Well, these, these companies that have elite performing fundamentals, are the companies that the institutional investors just love. 
Now I'm talking about mutual funds, hedge funds, banks, insurance companies, those guys, the guys that move the market. Retail investors like us don't move the market, but the institutional traders do, and they love these stocks. So if they love them, I love them. So we start out with elite performers from a fundamental perspective. Then we do a technical analysis, how to read a price chart. Now, many of you probably already know how to do this, and I'm sure many of you don't. And it's really uh, very intimidating when you look at a price chart and you see lines going all over the place. Uh, what does it mean? Why is that going up? Why is that going down? Um, but once you learn what those lines represent, you know, it's basically a matter of, can you tell if a line is going up or down? Can you tell if a line is above or below zero? The answer is yes to those questions. You could read a price chart. Now, I use four parameters that show me trend. You know, if the trend line is going up, that's good. And I also use uh, momentum indicators. You know, the trend might be going up, but the momentum might be going down. And I like to confirm with volume. So um, that's also detailed in my material, which parameters I use. But feel free to use whatever technical parameters you're comfortable with, as long as they include trend and momentum indicators. And you can uh, compare that with the volume to know how meaningful those trends are. Finally, I use what I call common sense principles, like, for example, minimum trading volume on the stocks. You know, we don't want to use a stock that's barely traded because we're not going to get good price executions. We also avoid earnings reports. We also want to be properly diversified and, and asset allocation is important. So there are several factors that we use when we're forming <clears throat> our watch list as eligible stocks for short-term option selling. Now, once we have this watch list, we've taken 4,000 stocks and ETFs and whittled it down to maybe 30 or 40, whatever, much more manageable. Now, what option are we going to select? If we're bullish, we're going to go with the at the money or out of the money strike. At the money, example, buy a stock at 30 and agree to sell it for 30. Out of the money example, buy a stock at 28 and agree to sell it for 30. Those are more bullish positions. Whenever possible, go out of the money so you have the opportunity for two income streams. But if it's a bear or volatile market like we're having right now, you're going to want to be more defensive. And that's where you sell the in the money strike. Now, why is that to our advantage? And you'll see this as we go through calculations later on. Because our cost base is, is lowered not only by time value, but also by intrinsic value. So our break-even is lower when we sell an in-the-money strike. So the time value component can still generate that 2 to 4%, but we're also going to get a, a, an intrinsic value protection of that time value profit. We'll show you the element calculator coming up soon that will break this all down for you. And then finally, you have to manage your positions. So exit strategies is critical after you've entered your trade. So what I'm saying here is don't enter a trade, find that something comes up, and now you've got to go read my books to see what to do. You have to, you have to kind of educate yourself on all three of these required skills before investing even one penny of your hard-earned money. That doesn't mean you can't practice or paper trade. You should while you're learning. But uh, these skills must be mastered before you risk even one penny of your hard-earned money. Now, this is a, an example of the top part of one of our 
premium stock reports that we provide to our members. Now this blue bar at the top represents the uh, three-pronged screening approach. So there are fundamental screens here. Um, there are also uh, technical screens here, like over here you see, uh, we're talking about MACD and stochastic oscillator, which are momentum indicators, <clears throat> trend lines. We also have things like the analyst ratings, and you see fundamental screens over here. We give you industry rank and industry segments so you don't duplicate your industries. So there's a whole lot of information that we use and we factor into our reports. And then when the smoke clears, all the stocks in the white cells are eligible. So these are the reports that we provide to our members on a weekly basis. There's also another report that we do for exchange traded funds. Now, I'm showing you this screenshot because for the next uh, calculation, I picked three stocks from this report. Okay, so you see the ticker symbols on the left, EDU, AZPN, and CASH. So those are the ones that I picked, and we're actually gonna show you now uh, option chains on how to determine how much money we could make when we sell that option, right? Because we're doing this for a reason. What's the reason? Wanna make money. I mean, that's the reason why you're all here tonight. <clears throat> that's the reason why you attend AAII chapter meetings. We're looking to make more money than we can with a risk-free investment like a treasury. So, um, we go to an option chain. Now every broker has option chains and these are just list of option prices for a particular security. And the resource I'm using here is cboe.com. Uh, there are others, uh, finance.yahoo, but every broker will have this. So you just go put the ticker symbol in and hit option. Now this was cash, C-A-S-H was the ticker from the report. And now you look at the strike price. We're only going to look at out of the money, except I'm also going to show you one in the money, how that works. So if we're going to look at an out of the money strike, we'll look at the 40. Now, you notice, folks, that there's a bid column and an ask column. We sell at the bid, the lower, and buy at the ask, the higher. Now, when we write a covered call, we're selling. So we sell at the bid, $1.05. Now, believe it or not, there are ways that we could negotiate with the market maker. I have that information in my material, but we're gonna use worst case scenario, the published bid price. Here you see that to be $1.05. So $105 is generated into our account once we sell that $40 call option. Okay, so here we go. The next stock, AZPN, was trading at 140.23. We're gonna look at the one. 45 out of the money strike, it generated a premium of $3.70 per share. Look in the bid column, and there you have it. Okay, so remember these uh, premiums, and we're going to put them into the Elman calculator in just a second. Here we have EDU trading at 136.84. Look at the out of the money 140 strike, it generated a premium of $510 per contract. All right, so now, will that meet our needs? If our goal is 2 to 4%, how does that play out? Okay, let me walk you through now the, the, the various cells here on the Elman calculator. And by the way, at the end, I'll tell you how you can all get a free copy of the basic Elman calculator along with its user guide and several other free resources. 
So I uh, have a pen and paper handy, tell you how to do that. Also, I'm going to be giving you a promo code for a discount on all the books and DVDs in the blue collar store that will be good through this Sunday. So have a pen and paper handy at the end of this presentation. All right. So here's what we do with the Elman calculator. You notice that the cells to the left are blue, and that's where we feed in the information. So the first column is for the ticker symbol of the stock, and then the next column is the price. Remember, cash was trading at 38.20. Now the premium for the 40 strike was $1.05. Okay, so let's look over now to the left, the white cells to the left, and let's see what the calculator then tells us. Well, you notice the intrinsic value component here is blank for the first three rows. That's because we're using all out of the money strikes except on that last row for cash where we use the in the money 35 strike. That's the only one that's in the money. So let's first focus on the three out of the money strikes, the first three rows. And you could see intrinsic value is blank. There is no intrinsic value component to an out of the money strike. But certainly there's upside potential. And with cash, you see $1.80. What does that mean? Well, that means in addition to the premium, we can also take advantage of the share price moves up from 38.20 to the 40 strike and make another $180 per contract. So uh, the break-even point over here, you could see the break-even on the out-of-the-money strike was 37.15. Now we're going to go then to the three columns to the right, which are very important columns. Now the rule or return on our option tells us how much our time value profit is on that particular trade. So for cash, the 40 strike generated $1.05 on a 38.20 cost basis, that's a 2.7% five week return. All right, so when I made this screenshot, there were five weeks until expiration. If you wanna annualize these, multiply it by 10. Now, upside potential, wow, 4.7%. That's if the price of cash goes from 38.20 to the 40 strike. So that means there's an opportunity for 7.4% one month return on that trade. Now, what about downside protection? Now, what I mean by that is, and you're going to see that with the end of money strike, how much can the price of that stock drop and still retain the entire 2.7%? The answer is zero. As soon as it starts going down in value, then we, it starts eating into that 2.7% return. So uh, out of the money strikes give you the opportunity for upside potential, but no downside protection. Now downside protection is different from break even, right? Every stock has its break even. The break even is the price of the stock minus the entire premium. Okay, we'll get to that in a second with the end of the money strike. So if you take a look to the right now, the returns are to seven, to six, is a three, seven, certainly within a two to 4% range. And you could see here that if you're bullish on the market, you have opportunity for huge one month returns. So if we go to EDU, it's three, seven and two, three. So 6% possible five week return, 60% annualized. So there's great opportunities there. Use the added money strike in normal to bull market environments and take advantage of that out of the money strike where you can get two income streams in the same month with the same stock with the same cash investment. 
Now let's uh, let me let me just uh, let me just clear that up for a second, and let's go back to now. Let's focus in on this in the money strike. Now you see here cash. We did we did over here the out of the money forty. Now let's do the in the money lower than current market value thirty five. Now the premium is four dollars. Now if we counted that four dollars as all profit, we would be grossly exaggerating our returns. Why? Because we're going to lose three twenty the intrinsic value on the sale of the stock. We bought it at 38.20, agreeing to sell it at 35. So the calculator will deduct 320 from the $4. And it will tell us that our actual return on option is 2.3%. That's our real time value return, 2.3%. So it's still within our 2 to 4% range. Now, when I say 2 to 4%, that's me. We have members that shoot for higher than that. We have members that shoot for lower than that. When I trade covered calls in my mother's portfolio where I use ETFs, my uh, goal is one to 2%. It's a more conservative portfolio. But for me, two to 4% in normal market conditions. Now, this is interesting. Have a look at upside potential. Zero, because we're agreeing to sell the shares at a lower price than they currently trade for. So that stock can go from 38.20 to a gazillion we're still only going to get 35 when we sell that stock. That's our obligation. But now here's the key, folks 8.4% downside protection. Here's what that means we are guaranteed a 2.3% five week return as long as share value does not decline by more than 8.4% at contract expiration. Now, can you see how in bare and volatile market environments, like we have today, where in-the-money strikes just make more sense? Take a look at the, um, the break-even on the out-of-the-money strike, 37.15, and the in-the-money strike, 34.20. Okay? So we can craft this strategy to what's going on today. Now, Next month, hopefully things will turn around and the market will be will feel a little bit better about the market. We, we can maybe identify a bottom and feel that the market is going to go back up. But as long as we feel concerned about it, and if we decide to stay in the market, that in the money strike is like an insurance policy to protect the time value premium. And it's a unique insurance policy because it's the only insurance policy that you're gonna have that's free. It's being paid for by the option buyer in the form of intrinsic value. So that, that's an overview of traditional covered call writing. You could see uh, the returns, those are real life examples, uh, you know, what some of the possibilities are. And you could also use uh, underlyings that are more aggressive or less aggressive. So you have to find what your comfort level is and that is uh, different for everybody. One size doesn't fit all. Okay, the second application for covered call writing is portfolio overwriting. Now, the uh, scenario here is that we have a long-term buy and hold portfolio. Uh, many of the stocks are at a low cost basis. We're assuming now non-sheltered account, otherwise we wouldn't care about taxes. And we know we were concerned about paying uh, capital gains if our shares are sold, because remember, we're undertaking an obligation to sell our shares. So in essence, what we want here 
we want our cake and eat it too because we want to get that option premium, but we don't want the options exercised. Now, of course, many of these stocks are blue chip companies uh, that generate dividends, and we want to also keep that dividend flow coming. So what are our in, uh, objectives here? Well, we want to enhance our returns. More money. Now, in this hypothetical, we want to increase our returns by 6% a year. That can be adjusted to whatever your goal is. So if your portfolio is currently generating 6 to 10% a year in appreciation, you want to add another 6% to that. So in addition to what you're already earning, you want to add 6%. Well, if you're adding 6%, you break it down by the month, that's a half a percent a month. So you could see those returns are nowhere near what I showed you for traditional covered call writing. But our goal is different, all right? Our, we're crafting the strategy to meet different goals in different situations. So we're only going to use out-of-the-money strikes higher than current market value to allow our shares to continue to appreciate and decrease the chance of our shares being exercised. And we're going to use strike prices that generate half a percent a month. So what are the advantages? Well, we're going to generate a constant monthly cash flow. Remember, when we click the keyboard and sell that option, the cash is in our account the next second, hours to keep no matter what. Bear market, our portfolio is going down. The cash we generated on option sales is ours to keep. So it's a hedge on a bear market situation. Now, another advantage of covered call writing is that retail investors are granted this level of trading approval. Uh, it's the lowest level of trading approval. It's considered the most intuitive for covered call writers. And it's considered low risk. And that is why uh, brokerages are more inclined to grant this level of trading approval over many other option strategies. Now you could use this as an additional source of income. When I started doing covered call writing, I used it to help fund my two sons' college and professional school educations. I also used it to purchase my first real estate investment property. Now that my sons are off the payroll and I cut back on my real estate, I just reinvest my profits and compound my money. It'll be amazing to you what you can do with these premiums and then compounding them over time. As I told you, every strategy has its disadvantages. I would be remiss if I didn't include this slide, disadvantages to whatever I'm talking about in every presentation that I do. Early exercise can result in negative tax consequences if you're in a non-sheltered account. Keep in mind that the main disadvantage of covered call writing is that share appreciation is limited by the strike price. And once again, there's a learning curve. Estimate three to four months if you're new to the strategy and a modest time commitment. By the way, the amount of time that you're gonna to dedicate to this strategy, once you've mastered the three required skills, you will be amazed how little time that is when you compare it to the amount of money you're gonna generate by selling these options. Now remember, we're not hitting grand slam home runs here. You're not winning the lottery, but you're hitting singles and doubles all day long. Now, if we're portfolio overriding, we're worried about early exercise. We don't want our share so, but I'm here to tell you that it is extremely, extremely rare. So here are the reasons why. The call buyer is controlling those shares up until 4 p.m. Eastern time on the third Friday of the month. Why not keep the cash 
that he may or may not use to buy the shares in an interest-bearing account up until the last minute. Also, once the option is exercised and the shares are purchased by the option buyer, now he's exposed to greater capital risk because the price of the stock is way more than what the option price was. Why do that? Why not wait till the very end? Now, the third bullet, folks, you're just going to have to trust me on. And that is, if the option buyer exercises the option and sells the stock at the strike price, the intrinsic value will be captured, but the time value would be lost. So the takeaway here is that the option buyer, generally speaking, would make more money selling the option than exercising it and selling the stock. And finally, and this is the case most of the time, option buyers simply want to be option sellers. They want to be directionally correct. So if they buy a call option, they're expecting the price of that stock to go up. And if it does go up, the option value will go up most of the time. And if the option value goes up, they can make a profit and from a, a percentage vantage point, probably much more than if they bought the stock and just benefited from share appreciation. So most option buyers don't want to be share owners. They just want to be option sellers. Now, if there is early exercise, the main reason for early exercise is related to dividends. Now, a retail investor may exercise the option, buy our shares from us in order to capture a dividend. Now, the critical date to remember, now remember, let me just review this with you folks. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. We're talking about portfolio overriding and avoiding early exercise, in this case, specifically due to a dividend. So we're not talking about the the uh, dividend distribution date or the pay date, we're talking about the ex-dividend date. That's the date that the shares must be owned in order to be eligible to capture that dividend. So if early exercise does take place, and again, it's extremely rare, it will take place the day before the ex-dividend date. That's the date you have to be concerned about. Therefore, do not have a call strike in place the day prior to the ex-dividend date. Write your call the day of the ex-dividend date or after. Now, the most likely scenario for early exercise uh, related to a dividend is if the ex-dividend date is near the expiration of the contract. Second reason, if the strike is in the money, lower than the price of the stock. And the third is if the dividend that's about to be distributed is greater than the time value of the option. So we're assuming now that the retail investor kind of knows this stuff. Many don't. Um, but generally speaking, these are the scenarios where it may happen. It's more likely to happen. Let's frame it that way. So let's say the time value on the option is a dollar. And let's say the dividend is 50 cents. Why not sell the option rather than an exercise to capture a 50 cent dividend? So those are the most likely scenarios. Uh, for early exercise. So how do we avoid early exercise as it relates to an ex-dividend date? Well, number one, you have to know when the ex-dividend date is. Here's a very reliable free resource, dividendinvestor.com. That's what we use for our reports that we provide to our premium members. 
So what we do is we find out when the date is and we sell the option the day of or the day after the X date. Problem solved. Or if the X dividend date is late in that monthly contract and you don't want to wait that long because you won't be able to collect any time value profit that month, then sell a two month option and skip over the month of the X date and make the expiration of the contract far away from the X date and it'll be highly unlikely to get early exercise related to the X dividend date. So the information I'm giving you now will result in shares not being exercised early 99.99% of the time. Nothing is 100%. So you have to be willing to take on that minuscule risk of early exercise. But if you follow these guidelines, the chances of that happening is very, very remote. Now we're gonna show you an example with Microsoft how to use this half a percent a month approach. Now what you're looking at now is one of the monthly reports we provide to our members, blue chip stocks where we evaluate uh, Dow 30 stocks related to the S&P 500. So all these stocks that make our report have outperformed the S&P 500 in two time frames, three months and one year. So in this particular for the February 2020 contracts, this is before the coronavirus hit, the S&P 500 in the last three months was up 10%, in the last year, 26%. Now, if we look down at Microsoft, which is the stock I'm gonna use, you could see Microsoft was up 50% more than the S&P 500 in that three month time frame, and more, more than double the S&P 500 over the last year. And so therefore it becomes one of the eligible Dow 30 stocks for that particular contract month. So let's now uh, look what our goals are. We wanna enhance the returns of our buy and hold strategy, okay? We wanna enhance them by 6% in this hypothetical or a half a percent a month. We're gonna stick only to out of the money strikes. So we're allowing our shares to continue to appreciate upside potential in the Elman calculator. All right, so in February, what we did was for the February contracts, Microsoft was trading at 162.15. Once again, these are five week expirations. So to annualize, we'd go, we'd multiply by 10. Now, half a percent a month, how do we figure that out? You need a calculator? Well, probably not. 1% um, would be $1.62, half a percent would be 81. So we're gonna look for strike prices out of the money higher than current market value that generate 81 cents. So we go down the strikes, out of the money, and then we look in the bid columns for 81 cents. Oh, let's see here, $1.31, too high, 56, too low. Well, it's not a perfect world, I guess. So we had the 170 out of the money strike, which generated $1.31. And we had the 175 out of the money strike that generated 56 cents. So what do we do? Well, we're not getting our 81 that we were looking for. So we feed this into our uh, BCI collar calculator here, uh, portfolio overwriting calculator. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. Uh, and what we do is we feed this information that we just looked up in the option chain into the white cells at the top. Now remember our goal is an annualized return of 6%. So you have Microsoft trading at 162.15, the two strikes were 170 and 175, right? And uh, we put in the premiums of $1.31 and 56. There was no 81, nothing close to it. And then down here in the green cells, we get a lot of information, but let's focus in on the 
uh, annualized return. So 797 is higher than the 6% we're looking for, and 341 is lower than the 6% we're looking for. But what if we sold equal amounts of each strike price? Now we're cooking, ladies and gentlemen, 5.7%. So again, it's most of the time it's gonna come out closer than what you see here now, but we can always manipulate the contracts to come as close as we can to our target. Now, if we have to do a four five or a seven one, then the next stock we use, you know, might be a little bit lower. As long as it comes out to approximately what our target goal is, we'll be able to determine what the best strike price is. So let's summarize the second application of covered call writing, known as portfolio overwriting. It's a low risk way of enhancing portfolio value. We're assuming a non-sheltered account and avoiding exercise to avoid uh, capital gains tax is critical to this strategy. And dividend distribution in particular, the ex-dividend date is uh, the main reason for early exercise. And once again, the main disadvantage of covered call writing is that share appreciation is limited to the strike price. Okay, the third application. Now, so again, we had some emails from members that were saying, I'd love to own these FANG stocks, these large cap tech companies, but they're so damn expensive. What do I do here? Well, what I actually did was I created this uh, strategy uh, for this specific situation. And what we want to do is we want to use a portfolio of the best performing blue chip stocks. Using that blue chip report that I just showed you is a great way to do it. Now we're going to assume a cash availability of 220,000. I know that's a big number, but I want to make my point here. You could use the strategy with smaller numbers or even larger numbers. And I actually took 220,000 of my own money and opened up a portfolio just to show you the premium results that you could use for this strategy. So we're leveraging low risk blue chip stocks that generate dividends to have a presence of large cap tech companies. How is that possible? Well, we're gonna to stick to one month out of the money options, but we're gonna lower our time value return goal range from two to 4%, which I use for traditional covered call writing to one to 2%. Why? Because blue chip stocks uh, have a lower implied volatility than growth companies, which are the ones that I use. And therefore, the premiums that we generate are going to be lower. So uh, these companies will generate between 1% to 2%. And that's what our target goal is going to be. We're going to use the cash generated each month to purchase shares of the Qs. Now, the Qs are an exchange-traded fund that consists of 100 of the largest non-financial companies that trade on the NASDAQ exchange large cap tech companies. I'm talking Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, and so on. You'll see uh, the top 10 holdings in just a moment. And we're gonna purchase, so for every one share of the queues that you own, you own 100 different large cap tech companies. So we're gonna use the cash generated from selling out of the money covered calls on our blue chip stocks to purchase shares of the queues. And since we're doing it once a month, in essence, we're dollar cost averaging into these large cap tech companies. So I think this is a very 
uh, focused way of having this presence without having to take cash out of our savings account. Now, when we use covered call writing, we always have to have a cash reserve in case we have to execute an exit strategy, uh, which again is beyond the scope of this presentation, but I just want you to know that you shouldn't use up every last penny available. You have to have a cash reserve of two to 4%. All right, so we're gonna now go to um, the eligible stocks from October of 2019. And you could see here, these are the stocks that were eligible at that time, going from JP Morgan down to Intel at the bottom. Now, we're only gonna use out of the money strikes. Now let's, let's go to Intel as the example. So we're gonna use the 5250 strike when Intel was trading at 5072, and that was a premium of $1.15. Now, you could see uh, no intrinsic value, it's an out of the money strike. They all have upside. Okay, because they're out of the money strikes and they all have the break even stock price minus total premium. All right, let's get down to business, folks, and look at the return on our option column, which is the premium divided by the price of the stock. And for Intel, it was the 2.3% uh, return, one month return. Uh, but if we averaged out all of the stocks in this column, it came to 1.5%, which is certainly right in our sweet spot of a one to 2% goal. Now, if you note here also, the brown column is the upside potential. How much more can we make if the price of the stock goes from current market value, in the case of Intel 5072, uh, up to the 5250 strike? Case of Intel, it's 3.5%. Let's just look at the average. So the average upside is 2.4%. So there's an opportunity for this portfolio, best case scenario, okay, best case scenarios happen rarely, uh, but 3.9% for one month, right? So even if we got 25% less, still a pretty good month, right? So these are the stocks that were eligible. Now, as I said, I opened up an account, $220,000, to actually execute these trades uh, and uh, show you exactly how you can generate this premium. So uh, here you see all the stocks from JP Morgan down to Intel over here and sold to open. Remember I told you it was gonna say sell to open or STO. And you see there's different numbers of contracts that I sold, right? So why is that? Well, the more expensive stocks, I'm gonna sell less contracts and the less expensive stocks like Intel, I'm gonna sell more contracts because of cash allocation. I'm gonna to try to allocate a similar amount of cash per position. It's never gonna work out exactly, but you don't wanna to have too much cash in one trade because if that trade goes south, it's gonna hurt you more than if you had an equal amount uh, dedicated to each position. So that's why there's different contract amounts. Now, the column all the way to the right are the premium. These are the actual premiums that I generated when I sold these options minus some very, very tiny uh, option trading commission, 60 cents a contract, something like that. All right, now here's the results of those trades. I spent 213,000 uh, purchasing the shares. That left me 7,000 left for exit strategies, and that stays in a uh, interest-bearing account. Now, interest is so low now, it's, you need a magnifying glass to see it, but nonetheless, get a few bucks uh, your way from keeping it in an interest-bearing account. Now, the, the sales of the options came to 31.55. dollars 
Now that represented a 1.48% one month return, right? In our range after small trading commissions. That allowed me to purchase 15 shares of the Qs. Or if I did that every month, it would be 180 shares per year, which was about the value of $34,000 a year if the Qs remained at the current market value at that time. But since we're doing the same thing every month, we're dollar cost averaging into the queue. So when the price goes down, we purchase more shares. When the price goes up, we purchase less shares. But every share contains 100 of the largest non-financial companies that trade on the NASDAQ exchange. Now, another uh, cash flow from this strategy is that the queues do generate a dividend. Uh, 0.81% at the time that I made this screenshot. Um, now, that's not a huge dividend, but it's money, right? And we're here to generate money, so we'll take it. And uh, you could see here the um, actual amount was 38 cents per share, and that's a quarterly dividend. So that's generated into our account uh, four times a year. So uh, that's just another income stream from this strategy, small one, granted, but nonetheless an income stream. So uh, let's just review this third application of covered call writing. We're gonna develop a portfolio of large cap tech companies uh, at no cost or no cost in terms of taking additional cash out of our savings. We're gonna sell only out of the money call options on blue chip stocks with a goal of one to 2% time value per month. The Qs is a great way to to have this large cap tech presence in our portfolio. Of course, we have so many tech companies with one share of the Qs. Now, we didn't talk about position management, but that will elevate our profits even higher. It'll help us mitigate loss, and it'll help us enhance gains. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, the fourth of these applications, and this one assumes now a limited portfolio of 35,000, but how are we gonna do covered call writing and be properly diversified with $35,000? Well, we're gonna use exchange-traded funds. Now, an exchange-traded fund is a mutual fund that behaves like a stock, and many of them have options associated with them. Mutual funds do not. You cannot sell options on a mutual fund, but you can on an exchange-traded fund in many cases. Now we're gonna use cash allocation like we did, like showed you before, to balance our risk. And we're gonna sell covered calls on these ETFs and then manage our positions. So now one good way of getting involved uh, with ETFs in a very safe way is to use the select sector spiders. Now these are exchange traded funds that divide the S&P 500 into 11 different categories. Now, as you know, institutional investors cyclically go in and out of various sectors. So what are the most popular sectors at this point in time? We can evaluate this each and every month and select the best performing ones at this point in time. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to select the three top performing select sector spiders. And here's the select sector spider tracker. You could just Google that and find this. You'll see that um, this is a free resource. Uh, I use the three-month returns, 
And then you can just kind of visually look at those bars and see which ones stand out as the best performers at that point in time. In this case, it was XLC, XLV, and XLK. Now, I think today, two of those are still best performers. But in any case, though, that's the ones that I would select. Now, let's think about this. If there are 11 different sectors and we pick the top three, rather than be in the entire S&P 500, we're in the top 27% of the S&P 500. We're throwing the odds in our direction for successful trades by using these ETFs. Now, how do we figure out how many shares to buy? Well, if we have 35K, we're going to divide that into three securities. And that means each position, we're going to allocate $11,666. We divide the price per share into 11,000 and round it off to the nearest 100. That's how many shares we buy. And that's how many contracts we sell. One contract for every 100 shares. Make sure that you have some available cash for exit strategy opportunities. Now, as a result, at the time that I made this screenshot, XLC, we purchased 200 shares because it was trading at a lower price than the other two. 100 shares of XLK and 100 shares of XLV. Now that left me 38.84 for exit strategy executions. Now, once again, we went to the options chain and we looked, you know, you could see here the prices of the ETFs at the time. We went out of the money and these are the premiums. Now you'll notice that the return on our option column is about 1% plus. 1 to 2% is our goal. Now with ETFs, our, our returns are gonna be lower than blue chip stocks and growth companies. Why? Because the baskets of stocks, some going up, some going down. So as a security as a whole, there's less implied volatility, therefore the premiums are gonna be lower. Right, but look, if you can get one, a conservative strategy, we're in the top 27% of the S&P 500, we're writing out of the money calls, and then we need to talk about managing our trades. And by the way, we still have upside potential. So, you know, if you take a look at the upside potential along with the return, you know, there are opportunities to get two and a half, three percent a month, even with these ETFs. So there's tremendous opportunities, uh, even with a very conservative strategy, like using the select sector spiders. So uh, I'm going to summarize and then I'm going to show you um, some of the educational products we have. I'm going to give you that promo code and then I'm going to show you the free resources on our website including the uh, calculators, how to get free copies of those. Um, and uh, then I'll show, give you our contact information if you need to reach us uh, later on. So covered call writing is a low risk strategy and I use it to generate monthly cash flow, but it can be crafted to accommodate a myriad of personal trading styles and risk tolerances and various market conditions. Don't let anybody tell you that this is only a strategy for neutral markets. Um, I, I just gave you four examples where it can be crafted to a lot of different situations. Now, whatever form of covered call writing you're using, 
you must master the three required skills. What stock are you gonna select? Now, if you're using portfolio overwriting, you already have the stocks, so you don't have to select them. But for most other forms of covered call writing, that is a critical aspect of the strategy. Option selection, the moneyness, in the money, at the money, out of the money, expiration dates, I like one month expirations. Um, what are your, your initial time value return goal range? That will dictate which strike price to use. I showed you two to 4%, I showed you one to 2%, I showed you a half a percent. So it can be the, the strike price you select based on what your goal is. And then finally, once you've entered the trade, know what to do no matter what happens. Now, I've been doing this for over two decades. I don't think anything can happen to me that hasn't already happened. And in my material, I, in the exit strategy sections, we go over each and every possibility. So you'll know what to do and you'll be able to do it in a non-emotional way based on sound fundamental, technical, and common sense principles. The recipe for success is simple. Educate yourself, paper trade, that'll take you three to four months, and now you have years and decades to beat the market on a consistent basis. And I'm not talking about beating the market by in a, in a fractional way. I'm talking about beating the market significantly because you are lowering your cost basis. And that is the simple reason, this is not rocket science, that is the simple reason why you should beat the market on a consistent basis once you've mastered the three required skills. Now, in our blue collar store, and the promo code, by the way, is here. We're going to do Michigan 15. That's going to give you a 15% discount on all the products in the blue collar store. That's going to be good till Sunday. Um, I have uh, the best selling book on covered call writing. I've held that slot on Amazon.com now for uh, 13 years. The Complete Encyclopedia for Covered Call Writing is the number one book on Amazon on covered call writing. I also have the number one book on Amazon on selling cash secured puts, a similar strategy. Our most recent book that Barry and I co-authored, Covered Call Writing Alternative Strategies. I'll show you that in a second. And we have online streaming DVD programs now with downloadable workbooks. The Covered Call Writing one, I just updated. We've done it three different times over the years. The most recent one came out about two months ago. Uh, I think it's my best version for learning this strategy online. Now, uh, the book that you're gonna want uh, to learn covered call writing is the Complete Encyclopedia, uh, the classic edition of volume one. This is volume two here, which are 96 articles that I published after writing volume one. But you're gonna wanna read volume one first, or the classic edition. Now, here I am in my New York home, uh, which I sold. Um, Selling Cash Secured Puts, number one book on Amazon on selling puts. I'm very humbled uh, that my books have uh, such interest. And I thank everybody out there for putting me in that category. Here is the uh, most recent book that Barry and I co-authored. Uh, it covers three topics, portfolio overriding, which I addressed in this webinar, uh, the collar strategy, which is where you add a protective put to the covered call trade to give you additional downside protection. And finally, a strategy that's called the poor man's covered call, where instead of buying a stock, you buy a long-term option and then write calls against that position. So this book addresses uh, those three uh, strategies. I would suggest 
uh, doing the basic books and DVD programs first before reading this book, but it's uh, also been a great seller for us. Now, the book that I'm most proud of, it has nothing to do with options, is Stock Investing for Students. Once I got somewhat well-known, I decided to write this book. I've always wanted to. I always wish I had a book like this when I was in school. And it basically talks about long-term investing and how to build up portfolio wealth over a long period of time, and mostly in an automated fashion. So it's basic finance. As a matter of fact, four universities in the United States have picked it up as a required reading in their financial literacy programs. So if you know anybody that's looking to build up portfolio of wealth, you have any children or grandchildren, or you yourself, not near retirement, uh, this may be a book of interest to you. Now, we alluded to our membership before, and there are too many perks to go through them. Uh, I don't want to bore you with it now, but you can go to the membership link on our website um, and read this file of advantages. The main ones are up on the top there where uh, we talk about the reports, but there were also a couple of hundred videos, educational videos, expanded calculators of files that are available only to our members. Now, if you want to take advantage of the discount, I would suggest on the annual because the monthly first month is $19.95, you're going to get a very small discount on that, but 15% of $569 is significant if you're thinking of becoming an annual member. Now, once again, the 15% discount is good through this Sunday, and the promo code is Michigan15. Now, let me talk to you for a moment about, before I go, on the free resources on the website. And the website is thebluecollarinvestor.com. Don't forget to type in T-H-E. Let me go through the free resources, because there are a lot. Uh, number one over here, you see the uh, Google search tool. Now, I've, uh, I've written over 400 articles related to option selling. And uh, if you just put in a topic here, like technical analysis, calculations, strike select, whatever, uh, the articles will come up. So that's number one. Number two is uh, the glossary for covered call writing. You may want to bookmark that. Uh, number three, uh, this is where you're going to get the calculator. Three resources, including the Elman calculator. So just put in your email address and you're in and you can download uh, the calculator, it's user guide, and there's uh, also a put calculator in there and other files for free. Uh, number four, Ask Allen videos. Um, over the years, I have answered uh, member questions in video PowerPoint format, maybe seven to 12 minutes each. Um, we put 10 or 11 of them up for free on the general site. The entire library, which is about 170 of them, are available only on the premium member site. We also have other training videos. My team rotates those. I'm not sure what's up there now, but I can guarantee you they all have an educational component. Now, the store number six is where you can access the books and DVDs. Uh, the membership link uh, over here is where you can become a member. And you could use the discount code for that as well. Uh, the beginner's corner, come in here or here. Those are two free video tutorials, uh, eight-part video tutorials that give an overview, one of covered call writing and one of selling care secured puts. It's the second most popular free resource on our website to the uh, Elman calculator. And you could just put in your email address 
and access the uh, videos, uh, come back to them. You don't have to look at them all at once. And it'll give you an overview of uh, those two strategies, uh, video PowerPoint format. The one for covered call writing was just recently redone as well. Now, uh, I want to tell you about our free newsletter. Every week, I spend hours writing an article um, that have educational components in it. They usually talk about trades either taken from my own portfolio or for, from our members, where members shared their trades with us. Um, they all have charts and graphs, and it's free. So uh, go to the blog link on our website, and uh, go to where you see the arrow, put in your name and email, and um, you'll receive the free newsletter every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time. I put a lot of time and effort into it. Uh, you could see on the left side, you know, we, we publish Ask Allen videos when they come out new for a month and then it goes, then it's taken down and only found in the premium site. And then we have articles uh, over here. So there's a ton of them for free on our website. So, uh, you know, feel free to sign up and become a member and you'll receive, you don't have to pay for this, for the free newsletter. Uh, the premium membership is separate. Okay, so um, there you have it. Um, basics of options, cover call writing, and practical application. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this presentation. I want to thank uh, the Eastern Michigan AAI chapter for inviting me. Uh, giving me the opportunity for this webinar, in particular Cookie, for taking a tremendous amount of time to make this happen. Thank you so much, Cookie. And I want to thank everybody out there for taking the time to uh, listen to this presentation. Uh, if you have any questions, contact Barry at thebluecollarinvestor.com. He set aside some time for questions over the next couple of days. I'll be his backup at Alan, A-L-A-N, at thebluecollarinvestor.com. Uh, and, of course, visit our website, thebluecollarinvestor.com. Once again, thanks to everybody out there for taking the time to watch this webinar presentation. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And most importantly, I hope you make some money from it. As always, this is Alan Elman, the Blue Collar Investor. Take care, everybody.